0: welcome to another video episode of crow jam this is the podcast where two sisters and an occasional guest have one hour to develop and pitch an original board game concept i'm miriam i'm joined as always by the queen of trick or treats my sister georgia it's me (laughs) (laughs) it's her uh can confirm it's not just me on a different microphone uh, and we are also joined by uh, my lovely friend Felix.
1: Howdy! How's it going? <laughs> uh,
0: Felix, would you mind telling our listener a little bit about yourself, and maybe about like what kind of games you like to play?
1: Yeah, of course, um, I'm a listener. Uh, so, I think unsurprisingly, I'm a bit of a nerd. Um, like, I like a lot of the stuff. I like to play tends to be. Kind of like a bit asymmetric, kind of like, but also quite. Um, I like kind of big system games often enough. Where, because I'm, you know, I'm phys- I did physics for, as a degree. I'm now a computer scientist, uh, sorry, software engineer. Um, so, and a lot and of my. Interest, you mentioned you were a
0: nerd, I was like, yeah, I can tell by the angle that your camera's at on Zoom. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's a real second monitor camera right there. <laughs> oh oh red yeah. for filth
1: yeah it's true it's true like that is right there optimization <laughs> um, like you couldn't see like the stack of textbooks that's next to it uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i mean like yeah like oh yeah 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 so like a lot of my stuff is um You know, a lot of my gaming, I started early doing like Warhammer and the Games Workshop stuff. So I really enjoyed the idea of like lots of moving parts and sort of having to manage it and sort of juggle multiple plates at the same time. That's often quite something I enjoy. Um, I suppose what, what might be quite relevant is I have ADHD. So like often the kind of games that I enjoy are the ones which are very stimulating, have a lot of different things moving around um but don't become too repetitive right so things which are kind of challenging a little bit unbalanced um keep me on my toes they're often really fun for me like really like to you know get my teeth into and like grapple with that kind of stuff
0: Uh uh-huh that's great um yeah i mean good awesome georgia what is the what what was the little thing that the little crow had in its mouth in your in your picture it was meant to be like a little exclamation mark but it's not. It's ah. not the best. Oh, I see. Okay, I was like, "Is is that an eyeball on a stick?" That <laughs> yeah, he's eating an eyeball on a stick.
1: Look, I went cro- more like you went not dog. I went like olive. I thought he was having a martini or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> a little martini crow. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> anyway. Um, what we do on this here project in on this here podcast or specifically on the video episodes is our, usually our guest brings a one word prompt as the like jumping off point for our brainstorming Felix what is the prompt that you brought us
1: All right. so prompt I went with was tribes
0: and what was so, the like what were your sort of initial thoughts about that
1: so like I said like I kind of like thinking around systems and groups and working together. A a lot of my job is often about, you know, people working together. Um, But it's also something you see a lot, you know, like I said, I have ADHD um, and in the neurodiversity community, it's often something that pops up. So it was the idea of the neuro tribe. Um, I think what interests, it's an interesting word for me because it could mean a few different things. You've got those groups of people who are like, yeah, we're all the same. It's sort of, you know, like sort of it can be a family, but it can also just be like everyone is um one of a type.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that can be, you know, that can be a very good thing, right? It can be a place of belonging, it can be a place that values and nurture, but it can also be sometimes hostile, exclusionary. Right, a little bit like, oh, we don't want you here. But there's a flip side to it, which is the idea of you know the found family, the village that raises a child, which isn't everyone the same. It's a diverse group, um, and actually that can be equally a tribe, right? That like actually like probably the understanding of social dynamics is often it's better to have a mix of people, not everyone the same. And mm-hmm. so, like, that was the thing I was playing with and I really liked the idea of thinking about. Um, and I was thinking, is there a game that you could build that is about understanding difference and celebrating it and sort of, like, something that could help? You know, it's almost like a, is there a game around building empathy and understanding and enabling each other?
0: mm well, wow. I don't know that we're going to create like <laughs> world piece. Yeah. No, yeah, no, for sure. It's
1: like that's a lot to put it. That's like a holy mail. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but those are all really interesting themes. And honestly, like I think that depending on what kind of game we want to create, I think that those are um elements that would probably lead towards a lot of the games that me and Georgia quite like to create. <laughs> um you know in the more sort of like team based or more communicative or like slightly more party game end of the spectrum mm. maybe um yeah. but but then again like we have talked about you liking like kind of more complex more um yeah <laughs> more uh, crunchy games <laughs> so um georgia like did you did you have any thoughts on this on this prompt or theme My main thought was that I felt like it's been a little while since we designed a game that was played in teams. And I was thinking this in relation to um, recently uh, watched a review of Phantom Inc, which is a sort of team's party game. And, uh, oh, um i also watched a review of the... You can tell I've been watching a lot of Shut Up and Sit Down. Uh, I watched a review of the mm-hmm. the War of the Ring card game, which also you have the option to play that as teams. So I was thinking that it might be fun to make a game where there's, you know, a team element. Mm-hmm. What about you? Do you have any yeah. thoughts? Um, I had some things that came to mind um, first, but I think maybe the things that... Feel most relevant to the conversation right now I was wondering about a team game and I was wondering about something that might kind of combine like a herd mentality style game and a wavelength style game something where it's it would be like you based on a question for that like section of the game you end up divided into sort of three groups depending on whether you're like at one end of the spectrum the other end of the spectrum or whether you like are in the middle or like take longer to decide. Um, and I that so um, I don't know if I, Georgia I know knows wavelengths, but um, I was wondering about something about that. And potentially that could be kind of interesting. Like if you wanted to get into like deeper questions of how people experience, you know, um, like workspaces or social situations, like it could it could be more um yeah specific. Okay, sure. Yeah, I I do like games that are about the different ways that people think. I think I also wanted to slightly kind of flag something up when I saw that tribes was going to be the prompt, which is just that this is not a, a word that's without baggage, right? Like oh. it's uh it's like I so I would be more interested in leaning into the kind of the neuro tribes idea in the way of like You know, different communities of people who maybe think more alike uh, versus, Mm. you know, some of the, especially in board gaming, which does have a little bit of a history with kind of like, uncritically reproducing (laughs) colonialist ideas yes
1: yes yes yes. thank you for saying that
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's obviously it's not the kind of thing that we would generally do but it's it is the kind of thing we would generally flag (laughs) Um, speaking of flag the other thing that I have written down in my little notes and it which I guess could end up relating to the sort of games we are talking about is like something with flags or emblems I don't Ooh. know exactly what I was thinking about, but it just struck me as fun that maybe there could be some kind of game that includes, you know, kind of like, god damn it, what's the what's the ology that's flags? vexillology. Vexillology and um Ooh. and uh you know like heraldry and and like the sort of symbology of like uh declaring like families and groups and whether whether there could be some sort of sort of like kind of creative or like sort of um interactive game that includes something about that. I really like that but what I maybe like that as would be like it's a team-based game where maybe your first task is to create your team's flag or crest.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So I think that would be really fun. I mean, I like the idea that maybe it could evolve as well. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was, those were my thoughts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, so yeah, like, it's really, like, the idea of evolving is an interesting one, actually, because one of the things, obviously, is things can change, right? And, like, actually, often what united people at some points can be something, either it stops being as appealing or it can divide them, like, you know, conditions can change.
0: Mm. Your yeah. family can
1: change, you
0: know, think. Oh, so maybe it's a team-based game where you can change teams?
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, so that's... Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> this is tricky. So oh. I want to explore a little bit further the idea of a crunchier game with systems. Um, mm. like, because I th- I I mean I think generally, I do lean towards lighter games, more sort of party oriented mm. uh things. For a start, I think they can be a, a bit of an easy route on the podcast. you know, it's easier to describe <laughs> a game where you have to communicate with dance than a game where you have to describe the three different types of victory track um, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yeah, okay.
0: But I so I think I, I generally shy away from games that are a bit more complex. And maybe I'd like to, you know, to, to push that a little bit more to, to try for something a mm. bit crunchier. Yeah. So there are only so many party games we could make. Well, we mm. haven't found the upper limit yet. <laughs> uh but Felix, do you have a favorite sort of slightly more heavyweight game?
1: Ooh. Um and that's a hard choice, right? Um played viticulture recently, very much enjoyed that. I think you know that ties it that has a certain appeal to my uh sort of work background as well, but like the idea of something with you know, viticulture.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. You know it. I do but, know it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, some games where I think it may I feel like Agricola, right? That idea of task management, sort of getting things done, but finding the balance mm. of uh, producing more versus getting things done. That that's quite a common theme for me.
0: Yeah. It's a, I'll tell you what, task management- It oh, sounds really dull you say like that. It's like- <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was kind of thinking a bit about like, uh, sort of having talked about your own like uh diagnosed neurodiversity um mm. it's not uh, like let, let's say I'm not a person with a diagnosis but I'm a person who sees some characteristics in myself oh. and you know what task management and getting things done that's like a challenge that I deal with every day <laughs>
1: exactly yeah maybe this is why I like the idea of doing it because I actually get to do it for once right maybe yeah. it's simulating <laughs> the things that you with in life
0: kind of appeals, but it did kind of make me think like what about an idea that was kind of about uh like your um your focus as a resource or something like that you know like actually being able to dedicate uh sort of in-game resource to something in a way that symbolizes your ability to be engaged with (laughs) something or get something done yeah, mm. absolutely.
1: Like the executive function, right? Yeah. How many spoons do you have in a day? How do you spend them?
0: Yeah. How would it be possible to make that into a competitive game? That, <laughs> I yeah. Mm. I guess what what's the question that I'm asking? <laughs> a competitive game that's not excessively like sort of soloist, if you know what I mean? Like people talk yeah. about a, a a competitive game, but where you're mostly only kind of doing your own thing. So this is a, my big mm. beef with Wingspan. Mm. like That I could be playing a game of Wingspan and basically not interact with another person. And I can see it's a beautiful, elegant puzzle, but it's not really what I'm interested yeah. in. So yeah. I-, then, I if you, if you, sorry,
1: go
0: on. No, go ahead.
1: I think if you're leaning on the idea of focus and on sort of the demands for time and resource, one of the things that is very interesting about when you're interacting, and you know, I, I've got family who have ADHD, I've got family who have Aspergers, you know, know plenty of people with mental health, uh, very you know, various mental health difficulties, and often it's not so much about you, but it's about what society puts on you and asks you of you, right? So actually, there is a almost automatic interaction if you're talking about this kind of stuff, because it's about what other people ask of you to do, not just about what you want to do yourself.
0: So <laughs> are we thinking that if we made this into a competitive game, it would be not only a case of managing the tasks on your own plate, but, but, but there would be like a built-in demand that you are required to place on other people in order to get your stuff done kind of like a weirdly like a almost like competitive office job or something like that where it's it's like well I've got I've somehow I've got to stay on top of all this stuff that I've got to do but also I just need so and so to finish those freaking reports so (laughs) I mean I had a kind of idea about starting the timer by the way but I can't decide if I like this idea or if I actually think it's kind of like problematic
1: (laughs) so kind of like a
0: a one versus many asymmetrical game (laughs) where the one just wants to complete a simple task and the many (laughs) want to do a lot of other things (laughs) (laughs) so that kind of that feeling of having to like wrangle your energy and attention and your ability to do anything towards a task that you that is um a non-preferred task uh, yeah. But I don't. Yeah, I I oh, feel so like each player in this scenario is representing sort of a different kind of um, potentially. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I I feel like I actually want to slam the brakes on that idea because I just I feel <laughs> like it will end up being kind of overly simplistic and not really uh, achieve what I would want to achieve with a game about you know being different. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, could you bring in something a bit more team based though? Like bringing it back to that idea of yeah. finding common cause and finding a group of people around you. Could it be sometimes you got to ask some, you know, sometimes you have to ask them, something from other people. That's not a bad thing, but about finding a balance, maybe.
0: I actually, I really like that expression, common cause. I think I've maybe pitched something like this on the podcast before, but. A team-based game where you don't know who you're in a team with. So maybe you have like a few... You might even be in multiple teams with multiple people where you have a few common objectives. Um, Yeah, like a hidden
1: role sort of a thing going on. Yeah,
0: somewhere between a hidden role game and like a sort of Euro game, sort of resource management type game where you have there's maybe like two types of victory track that would represent victory for you but then everyone's got mm. like slightly different victory conditions but you would win as a team so like anyone who yeah. had the such and such a you know the most anyone who had most sheep as a win condition wins if the <laughs> if you get the sheep engine online but mm-hmm. you know there's there's multiple Is engines in, multiple the demands. sheep shed then yeah yeah so <laughs> it would are we, the... are we sheep terrors in this situation
1: <laughs> um... i'm remembering is it what's the zombie game something winter dead of winter yes mm. that, like, so, i mean that has like a traitor mechanic doesn't it but that, yeah it's got kind of, like multiple different like objectives you've got
0: but there could be a sort of not exactly a traitor mechanic but there could be like I don't know, let's say there's like five, it's like a point salad type game and there's five different places where you could score points and you Mm -hmm. can win on like team type conditions, but there's also one secret win condition that someone has that's like selfish, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, and that's kind of like somewhat symbolic of self-sabotage. But I feel like I don't want this to be about not being able to concentrate on something so much as as being abstracted away from that in some way. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Yeah Yeah. no it does.
0: The idea makes think so to try and talk through I guess what I'm imagining it would be like on the surface if you weren't looking behind anyone's screen or whatever um it would sort of have the 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 functions of kind of like a cooperative game in the sense that the things that you all do kind of like work with common... You, you have like common resource pools or common like engines that are yeah. shared. I'd describe it as like semi-cooperative, but not mm-hmm. everyone can win. Mm-hmm. So... You're playing, it's exactly as you say, Miriam, like you're playing it as if it's a cooperative game, but each of you has a pair of possible win conditions, a pair of, a a type of thing that would score you double points at the end, let's say. Um, And then, but you don't know who else also has that on their card. So yeah. you'll be like collaborating with some people and not with others, and because oh, you'd okay. have, but you wouldn't know if you see. So it's I mean. not like you win as a team if the like sheep team threshold of sheep is met. <laughs> it's more like everybody does have their individual score, but it's based on a combination of different elements. Yes, so or- there is only one winner who has the highest score in most. Oh, see, I was Mm. seeing that there would be a team victory at the end. I just don't know exactly how that would be expressed. But yeah, what I was seeing is like, everyone would play it as if it was a cooperative game, but knowing that they had private objectives, but you would share Mm. your private objective with at least one other person. Um, Okay. But you just don't know Mm. who that is. But you could lie about it. Uh-huh. So in that scenario, it's not necessarily yeah. points based, it's just Yeah, trying like, to get to a particular what on... Yeah.
1: So in theory, everyone could meet one objective if they're not like all about the exact same thing.
0: Yeah. So you'd probably but need like, a like tiebreakery thing, maybe.
1: Yeah. Or it oh, could exactly. be
0: like, I mean the a game that maybe does this to some extent is the like Ant, Ant- More Pork um, Discworld game. In the sense that you can share some elements of your goal with what somebody else wants, right? And yeah. Then, but the the way that you win, if your crisis phase is if as soon as you get fifty coins, like that, or or like at the end of your turn you have fifty coins, that's you say that you can win. You, so. Mm. Does what I'm saying make sense? <laughs> yes, it does. The other thing that I was kind of thinking about and the thing that slightly prompted this jump off for me was um the idea that you might not exactly shift teams, but let like, the reason why you would have multiple possible objectives is that you might say, let's say the three of us are playing a game and I have one objective in common with each of you. Uh, Like Felix might start to collect sheep and I look at my card and I'm like, oh, I've got, you know, having like 20 sheep on the board is a win condition for me. I'll start working towards that. And then at mm. the same time, Miriam is like spinning wool. And I have a look and I think, actually, she's spinning wool pretty quickly. And I only need five wool to be on the winning team. Mm. So I'm shifting over to wool production. Um, yeah. And I'm just, I'm just like, Aha, both these suckers <laughs> are making sheep <laughs> for my wool machine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the things that that one player might be doing might, like, feed into, you know, like, when a Euro game is really working and you kind of – you're spinning up, like, a system. So it would yeah. – and and we would be communicating and being pretty straightforward, you know, like, oh, well, I'm going to place a sheet this turn. Uh, you know, we want to produce jumpers, like <laughs> – That's our overall objective, Um, but secretly your objective is like sheep-oriented and Miriam's objective is wool-oriented and jumpers, even though we're all talking about jumpers because we think someone might have a jumper's objective, it's actually not relevant (laughs) to any of that. I think we
1: need... Go on, go on. No,
0: no, just, you go.
1: So I was going to say, what I love about this idea is that it's actually just playing off real social dynamics, right, of like... I've got a thing I want to achieve. You've got a thing you want to achieve. I don't want to tell you what it is, but we're going to kind of work something out and hope that it's about right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, I I hate to point out the obvious flaw in the sheep wool jumpers, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the, you, you you truly cannot make jumpers without wool, nor wool without sheep. So it's... It yes, but what you're like... forgetting is you can't make sheep without jumpers. <laughs> <laughs> they get yes, um, you're right. It's <laughs> precise. It it? <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't thinking of exactly that, you know, something more interconnected <laughs> than, than linear. But mm-hmm. I was yeah. trying to give an example that was, you know, <laughs> simple enough that I could explain it off the dome. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, yeah. I, I definitely got that. I'm just wondering how easy it would be to come up with those things unless we went quite abstract well you Um, know what i was sort of thinking would it be interesting i'll tell you what it wouldn't be interesting for making a podcast (laughs) would it be interesting like i've never seen a euro game that doesn't really have a theme (laughs) (laughs) so you know it's 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 very like agricultural industrial trains Mm. Uh, and what if it was just like <laughs> the cubes, three types of cylinders. cylinders. pink yeah. like, <laughs> you know the- i i sort of it like i do sort of enjoy that and it means that the the kind of like process chains themselves could be quite abstract as well like it wouldn't necessarily need to be that like you know um uh you know s- spheres can always become disks or um, cylinders can always become, I don't know, hollow cylinders, um, <laughs> mm. just it could be like even even the way that those chains happen could be sort of randomised. Yeah, or, um, or you could have yeah. like reciprocal ones like it's as easy to turn a cylinder mm. into a sphere as it is to turn a sphere into a cylinder, but you need, you know, three pyramids to make a cube like Mm. I guess actually a game which sort of has this and I don't I would hesitate to call it a Euro game mostly because I don't know what that means but (laughs) Gizmos which Mm -hmm. I played a little while ago has a little yeah like your resources are just like red, blue, yellow or black marbles and your, your Gizmos are like very abstract as well um but uh it definitely didn't have this kind of like hidden objective style situation so- I think that's quite fun you're right that it's not very interesting to make a podcast up. but in a way I feel like there's there's kind of an interesting challenge to it so when I think about this kind of crunchy engine building i i say euro game and i know what i mean by that but as i've said before in the podcast all it really (laughs) means is a game with a points track around the outside of the board um like what i think about is like you know your early turns are pretty slow and you're kind of like oh i can take one cube or one cylinder but at some point you get to trade in Certain number of your cylinders for an upgrade on the cylinder track that means now, whenever you take one cylinder, you take two cubes <laughs> and so like, on. They <laughs> like say building the energy. Yeah, sorry, go on. <laughs> go. You talk, Felix. We're no, doing no, I was this, this thing. Go. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like you could, you know, start having systems like that work for everyone. So everyone can choose how to spend their resource and maybe you start with like a particular affinity for a certain kind of resource or like a power that you know everyone could start with a, a a sort of modifier where it's like oh anytime you take a cylinder take one extra cylinder so that encourages you to spec into cylinders early but that doesn't necessarily mean that on your secret objective having loads of cylinders on the board might not be good for you <laughs> so you kind of have to collab with people Mm -hmm. um that's kind of the direction I was thinking so it would be kind of like the I guess the fiction would be it's a factory that makes completely generic objects (laughs) sorry Georgia a completely generic object is a green slightly beveled cube oh yeah (laughs) god what is that from (laughs) I'm not telling you it's a homestuck thing. Uh, I think so I did like, know that. I mean, we only we yeah. only make we're allowed one homestuck reference on this podcast per year, so um, we're probably well over. <laughs> I think we probably are. But to be fair, not all of them are intentional. Um, I think
1: like, this is basically like, it's becoming a theme of we are a factory making generic game parts.
0: Oh <laughs> my god! Yes, that is what we are. We're a factory that makes, that manufactures game parts. And like Mm. the most complicated type of game part we make is a meeple. So that would be, you know, like Mm -hmm. you'd need several different types of parts to manufacture a little guy. But then once you do manufacture a little guy, that's like a production multiplier (laughs) because he starts working (laughs) in the factory. (laughs) That's pretty good. Oh my God. Um... Little
1: meeple (laughs) running around making other meeples. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Tom Thumb board game edition Um, oh god okay yes I like that what the question I want to ask is um, do we think that there would be some kind of like veneer of central cooperation like would there be some kind of thing that uh, we are collectively trying to do Um, or I think I think there should be a shared objective, but I don't think that I don't think it's the case that you know if you achieve the shared objective, maybe it could be this: if you achieve the shared objective before any one person achieves their private objective, team victory. Okay, Okay. so it's a little bit of a prisoner's dilemma. And maybe, yeah, like maybe that's what I, I guess, if you find yourself in like a disadvantageous position for your private thing, then you can be pushing for the shared thing. And to some extent, it's in everyone's interest to go for the shared thing. So that kind of gives you a better chance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think and- that works. So maybe there's, actually, like... It gives you a nice catch-up mechanic
1: as well. Sorry, go on.
0: No, you you talk, Felix. We've both been talking about oh. I
1: was just saying, like, it gives you, like, actually, it's, it's a nice thing because, A, it gives you a nice catch-up mechanic, which actually is something that a lot of your games do struggle from, right? It's like, oh, this person's won by gay round two or by, like, have a card and the first, like, setup up Yeah. So I like, yeah, the fact that you could be like, oh, that person's going to be winning. we're we going to sh- move towards this one now and, like, you know, you've kind of got to contribute Or,
0: mm. I think that maybe it would be that there's just kind of like a set output that we have to meet in order to win together. Yeah. You know, it would just, it might be randomised or it might be just like a preset thing where it's like, well, we need to yeah. have made four meeples and six hexagonal tiles. <laughs> you yeah. could do like yeah. a, um, you could do a game um what is it is it that I'm trying to say like uh completely uh, completely spaced sorry oh like so it, you could do like a difficulty modifier by having them as like uh like KPIs you know key performance indicators for those of us who have managers um and so you could have like I regret to inform you I have a manager but I don't think KPI... He's not the kind not of guy who would much. set a KPI. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, do you have key forms of indicators there? Or...
0: <laughs> board games taught.
1: <laughs> coffee's made.
0: You've got to get these numbers up. These are rookie numbers. To um, be fair, that yeah. is kind of the vibe. But it, you do have KPIs, not... they just haven't yeah. been properly communicated. <laughs> um, no, but, they've you been know... communicated. Sell more games, sell more memberships. <laughs> sell more beer. <laughs> So you could uh like for for a one level difficulty game you just have one objective you know uh produ- be producing four meeples per turn for example so like get the engine online to the point where it's spitting out x meeples per turn or you could have you know like uh some you could then add additional modifiers to make it more difficult. Mm. Or you could just have like different difficulty levels. So, you know, it's like you win the game when you produce four or you win the game when you produce, uh, you know, th- uh, eight different types of components or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Now this is the part that I'm dreading slightly, but I think we might need to get into a little bit of... How does it work? <laughs> yes, okay. I do agree that um, I've been dreading it because <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I sort of feel like I like to imagine that 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 yeah, like some of the kind of, um, uh, like the the production steps would be things that would like maybe come through during the game. Like maybe there's cards in a deck that tell you like okay, like two cylinders two cylinders can become one uh, tile or that kind of thing. Okay, so those could be like in another type of game, you might call those recipes, right? And you could unlock them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe, do we want to make this more kooky and abstract where it's like, okay, cylinders can become cubes, anything can, can become anything. Or do we want to make it a bit more concrete in the in that like maybe there's like three types of material that come in? You know, it would be like wood, uh paperboard, and molded plastic. <laughs> and those can be different things. Um uh, I have an opinion on this, but I'm not going to express it straight away. I want to ask what you guys think. <sighs> i like the kookier version more i think um but i do feel like it's going to be slightly trickier, trickier for us to actually pass out on the podcast that's
1: <laughs>
0: what about I, you felix I,
1: I also agree i think i do like the idea of just arbitrary game objects turning to other arbitrary game objects but yeah that's uh <laughs> i don't know it...
0: what so... about you I also like the most abstract version and and I think we can pass it out on the podcast. I think we can talk it through, uh, even though mm-hmm. it's probably not going to be our most scintillating audio yet. <laughs> but I think, I think it could... So your idea, Miriam, about there maybe being a deck of cards that would maybe show a particular production recipe is what would make that work. Mm. So you yeah. would have kind of like basic systems that would come online that would allow you to produce different shapes. So I guess you mm. would have probably what I would call like simple shapes, medium shapes, complex shapes, and then like perhaps one maximally complex shape that if we're sticking with the board game manufacturer theme is maybe mm. a completed board game <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and would look like yeah. a box. Um, so what I think would happen would be that everyone would start out with some kind of ability that gives them an affinity with one of the simple shapes. And they can start yeah. to do things that spin up the production of simple shapes. And then at some point through some combination of action, you unlock your first recipe or system and you socket that into the board. So it's a card and you just put it in a set location. And that card now says yeah. a cube plus pyramid equals a a more complex shape a mid complexity shape so now people can start to move things along that particular shapes tracker so every time you produce one of those you can either choose to add it to the supply or you can spend it to improve your efficiency at making that type of shape and again you're sort of unlocking different types of recipe and then there are probably then like set ways of making more complex things and the eventual goal is you know yeah make four meeples or make one completed board game yeah but you're Building sort of up the chain. yeah it's it's a a sort of production chains type thing but it's got this element of randomization uh yeah. that that means that you're not always doing the same thing every time and crucially you your win condition could be to do with the production of a simple shape <laughs> or it could be to do with the production yeah. of a mid complexity shape, but one that doesn't come up very much and isn't that relevant for the type of production chain that your system is doing. So, you know, mm-hmm. do you run the risk of then pursuing that because that will expose you as probably trying to pursue an individual victory and tip pe- other people off, or do you just work towards the, the collaborative victory? And mm-hmm. it is likely that you share a victory condition with at least one other person. I wonder whether maybe every round or every turn or something there would, there would be kind of like a, like a resource in step. Maybe this would be a separate deck where it kind of tells you like, this is how much stuff you've got. And perhaps you have to choose like maybe as a group, like do we want this amount of stuff to be like six cubes or do we want it to be like two hexagons and a, and a cylinder. <laughs> I don't know like, what you guys would think of this, but how about this? At the start of the turn, um, you face up three cards, which each represent a shipment of like raw materials, basic <laughs> shapes. <laughs> and then maybe you privately vote on which shipment the factory accepts. Okay. So okay. there's like a secret voting mechanic yeah. of some kind Uh yeah where everyone picks, you know, shipment one, shipment two, or shipment three, and then that way people can either try and pursue, again, the, like, the set goals of the, the factory mm-hmm. towards the shared victory, or they can try and get the raw materials that are going to contribute to their private thing. I think yeah. that's cool, and I think that works. I really like your idea, Miriam, like, of of having the the goods in being a bit randomised. So then you kind of yeah. have to make do with the, the odd yeah, things you've you been get? given. And I also <laughs> think you could get thinking about these recipes, like I described one where it was kind of like thing one plus thing two equals thing three. But I think you could also get one that just lets you like freely change thing one into thing two. Yeah, you and, like only one and vice versa. Those, like conversion. Trading. Yeah. Um and maybe, yeah, like. So That's- those those could be abilities that you gain as individuals. Mm. So that I would make there it might more be like a game. Yeah, sort of like there are some individual abilities, and then the ones that get socketed into the board might be like more, almost like, like processes. Yeah, and ones pr- pr- like as a rule, they'd probably be more ones that are like specifically related to achieving the group. Yeah. Objective or like yeah like putting them putting me in the board would basically have, be, have them be in your factory kind of like they're like um they're like plant right <laughs> they're like yeah they're they're your processes they're your like special machines uh yeah. and then you but you also have like personal abilities which i guess would be like your factory job like oh me i'm yeah. a sphere cuber. Like... <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah I think I think the fact that like you get like having individuals being able to do particular things well, and I think the idea of them being able to benefit from people using their ability,
0: yeah and so it can I,
1: be, is, are we doing this as good of a group or is it benefiting them individually? And maybe it's a bit of both? That I like I, that like, that
0: brings the tribes back in a little bit more, yeah because I do like exactly. I have been aware that we've drifted away from that a little bit. But I don't think I don't think we've abandoned it completely no, no, definitely. Um, What do we think about having a mechanism by which you could use someone else's ability like I'm not sure how you would do that, but maybe it would be something like you could pay someone an amount of resource and in exchange you would get to use their ability that turn or something, yeah. Does that I make think, it more competitive and less cooperative? I think but it's that kind makes of a hybrid. Sense, but I don't know. I guess, like, I'd like to voice that I don't know if that's necessary. Like, I don't mm. know that... It, I don't think it would make it too complicated, but, like, at least in the way I'm imagining this game, somebody using their ability to, like, change um, four cubes into four <laughs> uh, spheres... Um, they do that, but the the things that they've made are are still all in the like shared resource pool. Like, I don't. Okay, I don't so they would... anybody having like private stuff that they're working. Okay, with. so there's just kind of a big central like bucket of stuff. Uh, not necessarily bucket of stuff, but uh, I've already yeah. drawn a bucket. <laughs> oh, yeah, um... yeah, it's an interesting
1: one. Like, how? Like, I guess that's the question of. What are those objectives going to look like if it's just we've got a shared pool of stuff and then someone wants to achieve something themselves?
0: Oh like, yeah. How, so, do you benefit,
1: how do you drive that?
0: I do have some possible thoughts about this because Miriam is right. It shouldn't be for the actual like shared resources that are being produced produced in the factory you should have, I think, a pretty clearly defined like resource track, which shows where you are in the production process with it. You know, does the action produce one, two, five, that kind of classic, like, increasing mm. production mechanic. And then there should also be kind of a, a set place where all the cubes or all the pyramids live on the board and people can choose to use them and spend them. Mm. But I did... The idea of the bucket (laughs) does have some appeal. So here's what I'm thinking. Imagine, if you will, that I am a sphere cuber and I decide on my turn to take four spheres out of the supply and replace them with four cubes. Mm -hmm. Now, instead of those spheres being destroyed, what if they go in the buckets? (laughs) And there's like a, you know, a sort of a reject spin in the factory that anyone mm. could draw from but there's some kind of either there's like a gameplay penalty or there's a social penalty where everyone kind of sees like oh you're you're drawing from the bin huh like you're not working towards our shared <laughs> objective <laughs> <laughs> um but i mean i suppose that you could justify drawing from the shared bin like you, it this game could end up with a scenario where it's like you just don't have the process you need to to like advance the shed objective at least at least I think that's possible. Yeah, I think that's definitely possible yeah um, I think I agree
1: that it should probably be, you're gonna do that it should be a cost right Yeah be, like, I think
0: like... <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be something like drawing from the bin uses your whole turn or something mm-hmm. so you don't get to do anything that improves the state of the factory you just gain mm. some resource that is in you know not in high supply mm. um, yeah. and maybe it goes in front of you instead of going in the general supply or something and it's still like available to be used but people know that it was you that dug it out of the bin rather than <laughs> producing it on the production line <laughs> uh I, I yeah i i I enjoy that for the the kind of like social element like um so because so thinking about personal objectives like the team objective would be to do with like producing an item of sufficient complexity right it's like moving through all the levels of factory complexity and eventually producing something that required a amount of teamwork to get there. But the individual objectives are about number of particular shapes in play. So if you're on if you're one of the people who has spheres as your victory condition and you see a load of spheres go to the bin because someone cubed them, you're going to like that's going to set you back. But you could still be like, oh, well, we're going to need spheres later. So I'm just going to take a few out of the bin. But they'll be in front of you. So the other sphere players might know that you are also trying to get that. Uh, But then other people might also... You think that perhaps if somebody's drawing from the bin, maybe there's some way that like the... All of the other players have some control over how many things they get to take from the bin if that Ooh. makes sense like maybe it's another like voting situation where it's like you just vote yes or no and that person gets to take uh does that make sense <laughs> like if, yeah if, I th- if like two people vote yes and and one votes no then you only get to take two yeah um, i think that is i think that is quite good um yeah because then there's this additional thing of so you would say something like, on oh, my turn i I think that we're going to need cubes, so I'm going to retrieve some cubes from the bin, uh and then, yeah, just everyone puts their token in the bag, the bag gets shaken up, and then you get as many cubes as positive votes, yeah, going really deep on yeah. the theming, it's like just like how many people are prepared to turn a blind eye to you doing a slightly <laughs> subpar job.
1: <laughs> yeah, how many people can you convince that you're acting in their interest too?
0: And yeah. for in some cases, you will be acting in their interest, right? Because there will be some yeah. people where there being visible cubes in play mm-hmm. is contributing to their victory. So I think we definitely have a, a vote bag is a... um. A component. I might yeah. take a second to quickly talk about the various things that I think this game has. And you guys can kind of sense check what I say as I go. So I think this game has yeah. a large central board. And mm-hmm. that large central board is probably divided up into a few sections that kind of represent, you know, raw materials in early processing, uh like more complex processing, and then maybe like finishing. Um, and yeah. within there, there's kind of little individual tracks and bins, and you know all the stuff that goes into one of those complicated type of games. Yeah. Uh, I think this game has loads and loads of different types of shapes. Probably like you could do shapes and colors, so that you know you're always basically so you don't have to come up with a load of new uh, <laughs> 3D solid shapes. Yeah, you're not completely <laughs> overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, I think this game has a deck of private objectives which will have multiple objectives shared between players but those are private I think this game will have a deck of public objectives which is like you know a type of thing made uh, or a you know a a collective win condition Mm -hmm. I think this game has a deck of raw materials in cards I think it has a voting bag I think every player has voting tokens for what Firstly, for voting on what type of raw material goes in, and then also for voting on whether someone gets to dig in the bin or not. And I think this game has a bin. <laughs> a little it has a, bin, bin. a little we, bin. You didn't even mention at least two other, or at least one other deck of cards, which is like the processes. Oh, yep. Mm. <laughs> Quite a lot of stuff, but hey, that's your We gaming. said we were going to make a crunchy game. <laughs> um Um, so yeah various decks of cards uh times three Uh, so just on the time check we have 23 minutes on the clock um I feel like yeah it makes sense to me I quite like what we've come up with even if it's nothing like what I initially imagined but that is that do be what the podcast is (laughs) um do we want to I don't know if we need to do this in great detail but would one of you guys like to describe what you think happens in a turn and then the others of us kind of sense check it or ask questions uh yeah yeah Felix, do you feel up to that, or is that an insane thing to ask good guests <laughs> on the podcast to do? <laughs> I,
1: I, I reckon I can run through, like I can definitely run through options. I don't know, like yeah,
0: yeah. About, right? Let's so, let's see how our understanding all maps up.
1: Yeah, so think like what are the actions that you can basically take within the turn, right? So you can effectively build a new process, or maybe play a new process. You can use that process to convert tokens into different tokens
0: Mm
1: -hmm. you can fish around in the bin yes um i'm not sure i feel like you know we've got like supply delivery but maybe that should be like shipments on a regular cadence rather than being like a turn action you choose to do
0: yeah i think that would be what starts the turn so like the very first thing mm. that happened in the term would be a group vote on which shipment of raw materials to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yes. Um. So, so perhaps this is a, this may be a question where we want to decide, like, does each person get only one action on their turn, or are there like action points that you can spend on, like? Yeah changing processes in the factory, using processes. Is using processes free? Are your own processes mm. free and ones in the factory cost actions or vice versa? Oh, these are all really interesting questions. I think I like the idea of action points. Um, and I definitely like the idea that you should be able to do your own action or an action that belongs to you as a free action uh Mm -hmm. and then maybe you pay action points depending on like the complexity of the the task you want to do so what so you could do a one difficulty thing three times or a three difficulty thing one time for a cost of three Mm -hmm. um would there be methods by which you could get more action points so could you discard resources for an additional action point or something like that Hmm.
1: I feel like that should itself maybe be a process like that yeah something you look at.
0: Oh. oh yeah and yeah, maybe that's, that's, that's how. and I think this makes me think that maybe gaining additional processes is something that we would you would maybe have like a face up like shop of three that you could choose to purchase instead of taking actions, so you could spend your action points, one turn you could spend your action points gaining a new free action, or something like that, mm-hmm. so that it would be like better for the system later at a slight cost to productivity now.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah.
1: you build-another-meeple kind of mechanic. Well, not yeah. meeples because apparently we're building. Them. I
0: don't know. Are we building meeples or... <laughs> I th- I think we are building meeples. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I. Okay. Ah, oh, this is this has made me realise that we slightly lost that that silly idea we had that once you built a meeple, you sort of gained an additional ability because he was helping you. But I think that probably oh, no, is too we... silly. <laughs> well, maybe making I a meeple, you can. Hmm. Go
1: on, go. On.
0: You could. I guess you could like it if this was balanced into the game, you could have it so that you can take a Meeple and just have them next to you and they are giving you like an additional action point on a turn or something. Yeah. Yeah, so it might be like at the expense of the team's overall objective, like straight away, you know, if you're trying to build four Meeples and one of them is working mm. for you. But on the other hand, if he helps you build the next four quicker kind of thing. Um, mm. Yeah, mm. I, I, I think without us needing to get too deeply into the systems of how that works i think that could potentially work so yeah i feel like we obviously untested unrigorously thought through but it does feel like we've got a crunchy game here that does a few kind of weird things that i like Um, So really quickly, I think we've talked about this a fair bit, but I just want to run this by you. So there are two ways that the game could end. The first one Mm. would be that a a private objective belonging to one or more players is reached. That player or those players notice and call it. So it would be Mm. at the end of someone's turn, everyone would check, you know, has one of my win conditions been met? And if it has, then yeah. they would kind of say like, "Stop production, I win," um, <laughs> and the victory would be shared between any players that had that objective. I've just yeah. considered the fiction within which you're kind of like, you kind of have like a du- a down low. Yeah, like you're you've like been you're selling gonna...
1: cubes on the black
0: market.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> We're Uh, We're, we're pulling out and we're taking our stuff with
0: us (laughs) (laughs) Or alternatively the the big game objective is met and everyone Mm. wins and it's a shared victory Uh, so those are the two ways in which victory might be achieved Is there a scenario under which everyone loses? So no one achieves their personal victory and also the production is a failure do we have like a turn limit for example oh yeah. um, I've got to assume yes mm. unless you wanted like because in a game where it's going badly on all fronts you don't want it to last forever <laughs> yes and <laughs> yeah. I think like balancing that with like having too few turns would really uh, incentivize like selfish play, right? Like, oh, oh we're yeah. we're never gonna reach the team objective, so I'll focus on my solo objective. So, y- I think we don't have to hash it out because this isn't something we're really making or play testing. But I feel like, <laughs> yes, a number of turns, the number is not too low. Agreed. Yeah. It could alternatively yeah. be one of those things where, um, you know, like if one or two of any resource runs out then the game ends or something oh yeah that's quite good uh, I don't know how they would run out I guess like if they all end up in the bin (laughs) yeah yeah I think that's I think that's potentially a good yeah if there's like three resources in all in the bin or something like that like there would it would have to be something that it was reasonable to keep track of Mm. if you know what I mean I yeah. suppose if you have the resources in kind of silos, like they're all in their separate little containers, when a certain number of those containers are empty, even if they're mm-hmm. still in circulation, if there's no more to come in, like if you can't fulfil the conditions of a a shipment yeah. of raw material. Yeah. Mm.
1: Maybe. I, there's another one which maybe if you What if you limited the amount of supply coming in and then at some point you Can't make any more moves. Like, what an is, is element of a system has stopped because you've been fighting over it too much?
0: Oh, that's a good, uh, mm. yeah, I can, uh, I can get on that. Or that you could also have when you're voting on which shipment to take, there could mm. also be a refuse all shipments Ooh. option, and maybe if. If that wins, like if that gets a, a straight majority, that could also end the game. Who would be voting for that though? Oh yeah, good question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe if I think so. Yeah. No, I I was I was just gonna say like an additional thing, which I don't think helps. I think that <laughs> like that like um like lack of supply would probably be yeah, yeah, I think that's the neatest. When yeah. when a certain number like, of supplies are depleted.
1: Yeah. I think, yeah, if, if you could refuse supplies as well. And, like, there's a short-term advantage made to some people. But actually, you still lose that. Like It's not, you know, it's not like, oh, we've delayed it. It's like, no, it's gone. Yeah. That could be really... That could really reinforce that, right? So you I was wondering
0: anything. if there was a vote like a majority vote to refuse um any of the shipments you could get like a random one off the top of the deck uh but that's i don't know if that's like good or well i mean i guess the whole point is you don't know if it's good or bad but like i'm i'm sorry to be that guy but um we're running out of time yeah (laughs) okay what's it (laughs) called not fully running out but i just wanted like not let us like you know get do in the weeds on on smaller stuff we need we we usually talk a bit about like what we think the game would look like and then we um spend some time in silence and umming trying to come up with a good title. <laughs> uh I think the game really, really looks like a very generic like the the parts are all perfectly generic because that's kind of the point of I'm them. sort of imagining like a Euro game layout like very like like you described but the I'm kind of imagining the aesthetic being quite like concept you know the like mm-hmm. very like white background like colored yeah. cubes and, and like yeah. symbology and stuff that's sort of the the vibe I'm imagining
1: that's yeah, incredibly
0: clean right <laughs> yeah yeah um, um... So it, yes, would... I totally agree. And the, the all the pieces are just really it's this this highly simple stylized. I think the processes would be represented almost diagrammatically. You know, it's just lines and arrows. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, the idea is that this is the factory that makes the games that have all the fiddly little pieces and all the heavy <laughs> theming, but the factory itself is like perfectly generic (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i I think that that kind of sums it up for me like i i like the idea that it's just as like excessively sort of complex looking as those euro games (laughs) like which which, as Quinn says have you looked at some of this stuff sometimes I think we should all be in prison <laughs> um yeah but it but instead of being like you know all um having like a you know like a heavy Victorian aesthetic or whatever <laughs> it's just kind of um yeah so yes name what's it called I have put on the screen share, uh, Eurogame Factory, Gameufacture and Perfectory. Mm. Uh, yes, I like all these names. Is there some? Could we do something that um, includes a little bit more of the element of sort of like mm. yeah. Um yeah, I like these cool. names though.
1: Yeah, it's like.
0: <laughs> yeah um oh it's not really about unionizing is it like i i've been sort of wondering the whole time like is there sort of a like a secret union narrative to this but it's really not it's more like embezzling
1: <laughs> I, I, that's, it kind of can be though whereas i think you can do like the former union but it's like does someone like do all it i think it goes back to Prisoner's dilemma do you all collaborate or someone defect? Can you trust <laughs> everyone? How do you know you can trust everyone? It's like, yeah, I don't
0: know. No, I think good. I I yeah, like there's there's prisoner's dilemma, there's uh there's trust, there's like embezzlement. Uh something with meeple. Yeah. Uh, you realize
1: um, what we're talking about here is game theory, by the way.
0: Uh Yes. Oh, game theory. <laughs> Unfortunately, there are a lot of things already called game theory. Um, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm putting it on there anyway, because I quite like uh, it. Um, Miriam, what did you just say because I liked it and then I forgot it? Something about meeples. Like... uh, um, mm, It would be, like, meeple resources. Um, oh... <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: Oh, actually, that's really good
0: because <laughs> it is about like resources, uh, but, but it's like also like a business yeah. thing. But also, it's got that,
1: about... yeah, uh, and my kind of slightly toxic culture thing as well. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm. uh, like. I I don't want to um ah too much. Yeah. If looking at what's on the board, what do I like? I like Eurogame Factory, I like Meeple Resources, and I like Game Theory. Uh yeah, I think those are the three for me. Maybe it's maybe it's just Eurogame Factory. I feel like I could make such a fun thumbnail for that. Like it would take like (laughs) two seconds because it would just be like Grey Helvetica on a white background, you know, like uh, just yeah.
1: You spend no money whatsoever on your marketing, would you on your branding?
0: I don't. I don't know if it's perfect. I'm definitely open to discussing it a bit more because it it doesn't describe like yeah the subterfuge, the like secret teams and stuff. Uh, Is like meeples at work. Um, uh,
1: yeah, I think yeah, the people meeple pond does really. Yeah,
0: like. Um, I don't know. I feel like I just keep coming back to Eurogame Factory because I think it's quite a funny name for a Euro game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I but then I don't know how like widely accepted Euro game is like obviously it's it's used somewhat in the hobby but like it, what other words are there for those like what do other people what do people call them like hobby Also games. does our game count as a Euro game like I know that the, the, it's the, got they're... resource tracks <laughs> yeah but but I mean, I guess it doesn't need to be a Euro game. It just needs to be a yeah, game it's a game about, about making Euro games. <laughs> um, is there something with like, I, I, I do,
1: I do worry that might still be like something people wouldn't get. It's a bit maybe yeah, a bit of a joke. <laughs> uh,
0: something with component component but... parts. <laughs> component parts isn't bad. Um, uh... Some of the parts, more than some of the parts. Ooh. Foreign Uh, parts. (laughs) Parts unknown. Private parts. (laughs) 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 Um, Oh, unknown i think i
1: to touch you a
0: single (laughs) word. Oh. Hell is other. Hell is other meeples. (laughs) 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 That feels like a tagline for a different game. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I like unknown components Um, Mm. what if it was just component like it's kind of like a little bit of opponent but yeah it's a little bit like like comrade and a little bit like opponent (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually really like that like I would happily call it component or unknown components but kind of styled how I have there where like the unknown mm. and the S are different uh, from the mm. the word component, which would be the kind of focus. Uh, I, think, I think that might be the one that I like best. Like, yeah. but I can't I don't know if I just prefer just component though. So I'm what mm. is there a, a prevailing opinion between I think you guys? I I Feel like component is more elegant, but actually, unknown components will like maybe work better. Kind of communicating what it actually is. Yeah. Yeah. Is unknown component? I feel like
1: yeah. I know what you mean. I feel like is un- unknown components a phrase that I am just not quite.
0: No, I don't. I don't really think it is, yeah, but it kind not, of is yeah. like it sounds like one kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh something like that. I'm not I'm I'm happy to to workshop it a little more. I mean we have come up with names after the fact before. That's true. Yeah. But I like I like component being the oh, the amazing. the no, kind I, of meat
1: I, of it. I really like that. Uh
0: it's It's a little bit like just being called concept as well. Yeah. And I do I I do like that we've we've gone for this like highly generic branding idea. So I do kind of like the idea that the name would just be like just the word component on a white box. (laughs) Yeah. The
1: cleanest Um, design you've ever seen.
0: (laughs) Uh it could have like one like sort of like um faked like cutaway corner as though you're looking into the box and you can see like one segment of the inlay with the bits in Ooh, I like that so um yeah like I I I do feel like we've really kind of come up with something here like yeah, it I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought it, but that is kind of how it goes. But but yeah, we made sort of a crunchy game that has like hidden objectives and also yeah. is sort of abstract while still being themed in <laughs> way. So I'm going to do a really quick recap. In this episode, uh Felix invited us to jam on the theme of tribes. We talked a little bit about what that can mean, we talked about what ideas we might want to steer away from, and we leaned towards an idea about uh, having things in common or a common cause with people, even if you don't necessarily know what it was. We also talked about wanting to pursue making a game that was a little bit more sort of middleweight to heavyweight, not in our usual kind of range. Um, and sort of by working together, we came up with the idea for a semi-collaborative, factory themed game where you uh, try to automate a factory that makes board game components uh, where there is a team victory condition and a team loss condition but there are also private victory conditions uh, and it's got this kind of um, various shifting systems that are to do with upgrading your production methods and learning new ways of making things And trying to maybe subtly achieve your private objectives while also seeming to be contributing to the team objective. Uh, The overall look of this thing is highly simplistic and elegant, and we have named it Component. Is there anything important that I missed in my recap? I don't think think so. Nice one. I'm hitting pause with uh, (laughs) one minute, nine seconds to go uh nailed it came in right on time uh yeah this was great i'm i as always quite like enamored with the idea that we came up with yeah that
1: was actually i was not where i expected to go either no
0: but that's kind of how it works like you (laughs) don't ever make what you think you're gonna make uh, is there anything that you would like our one listener to know about? <laughs> um,
1: um, no, not what I can
0: know. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Uh,
1: listener, you're really off the hook this sure week. Okay,
0: so. <laughs> Just don't forget to read up on, you know. Um... <laughs> oh, okay, don't
1: yeah, know. go learn about on... That's the, Let's go with that. Like, go learn about people and how different people work. That's a
0: good one. <laughs> Um so thank you, listener, for tuning in. Thanks so much to Felix for coming along. Um thank you, thank Miriam, you for that, hosting. That was really fun. Uh and yeah, come back next time for more Crow Jam. Ka-ka! Ka-ka!